What's the song with um, him and Method Man? End Together Now? Yes. Who could be the boss? Look up to the cross. Stranded in the land of the lost. Standing up. I'm sideways. I'm blazing up the path. Running on the highways of rap. Choked up by the smoke and the charcoal. <laughs> Lava stamps and prayers me like a barcode. What? That's pretty close. When I, okay, so my so this is twenty years. This is almost twenty years ago now. So that's horrible. Uh, my senior year of high school, I graduated twenty years this June. Yes, Emily decided to remind me that. So thanks a lot, Emily. Even though she just turned thirty six, yikes! So, she is old. You know, she's closer to fifty than she is to eighteen. <laughs> um, you are a cruel, cruel mistress, and she probably has the liver of a fifty year old though. So. <laughs> My wife. My wife is having her birthday tomorrow. How old, wait, is her birthday tomorrow? Yeah, September 25th. I, I knew. Wow, she, she's 41. At least. I <laughs> lost count. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped counting back in 82. Gosh, 82 when I was born. She was alive. <laughs> Fully I think born. she had her own 401k. <laughs> um, so My microphone that, they used to play hot. that uh, End Together song. So we would. I was in AP Gym because... You know, goals and uh, AP gym. <laughs> You're going to succeed. <laughs> hey, listen, the, I will always maintain that the coolest part of AP gym was this game we play in our gym, um, which oh, was a pit because all the stands were were above you and they would um, look down onto the basketball court and there were pads all along the wall in the pit. We would open the doors on both ends and play this game. We'd have like a plastic pole that would have that would um, have like a cylinder foam pad on the end. And we the goal was to like hit this foam ball into the into the door as, you know, um, a goal. And this is when I was in shape. So you have to keep mm. this is still like mm. Luke's tail end of me being in very good shape because I was playing sports. Even though I had quit about a year earlier, I had still like maintained at least a little bit of athletic ability. Okay. okay. And we okay. would have – because it was all like just like – it was all just athletes. Oh, yeah, totally. All you AP athletes. Yeah. So we would have these – and we got real competitive over this game that we made up. I mean like super competitive. And it was – Probably the most incredible athletic competition I've ever been a part of because it was just everyone's just going at it and it's just like for fun and we could like body check each other into the walls and stuff and it was just great. That sounds anyways, awesome. On, t- on Tuesdays and on on Thursdays is is when we would play some game. It was always kind of that game by the end, and then on Monday was a Friday we would go and work out in the gym. We'd go and I'm sorry, I work out in the weight room, and at nine o'clock. <clears throat> sorry, some I've, my allergies are awful right now. You have COVID, P- probably. Should have got a whiskey. I'm a dumbass. I'm a dumb butt. Sorry, we're not going to be cursing during this episode because Gomer doesn't have a lot of time to edit. No, I don't. I got to give a talk after <laughs> I work. Um, I when do you work? What's your talk? I got to work work tomorrow, but then I got to work on my wife's birthday. She has to work. She has to go into the office tomorrow. I have to stay here with the, the kids kitchen. and babysit. Yeah. <laughs> and then that Shannon, never do laundry. I don't know how. <laughs> I know how. You take all the clothes. You shove them in the machine. You throw some blue stuff on there. You close it. You put it on cold and max volume and uh, walk away for a there couple you go. days. And you're like, all right. Oh, yeah. Someone should probably raise my kids. Not Luke. He's passed that on and then, the couch. Then, then I pause for a while and go, eh, iPad will do it better. 
Here you go, kids. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, anyways, they would. I remember whenever we would be working out, we would at nine o'clock. They would always play and together, and I never understood why. I always thought surely there are better songs. Is just sure. no one listening? <laughs> I mean, it was like it was like clockwork. It was the weirdest thing. I the X be better. It's two thousand one. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of pop punk band that you can play here. Nope. Nope. Not today, people. Not today. Who could be the boss? Look up to the cross. Stranded in the land of the lost. Standing up. I'm sideways. I'm blazing up the path. Running on the highways of rap. Choked up by the smoke and the charcoal. Lava stamps and brands me like a barcode. What? How are you doing? Oh, man. I lost it today. What happened? I punched a priest. What, you did? No. Oh. I don't know why I believed you. Why did I just believe you? All have... our priests are locked down on COVID, bro. Yeah, I knew that. How yeah. sad is it that I knew how, like, frustrated any of us could be with priests? I'm like, wait, did you really do it? <laughs> no. No. However, my pastor sent me a text message. Can I tell you what the text message said? Did it say that um, I'm his favorite still? No. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that was a hashtag. But... In the body of the text, it said, and I quote, Michael saw you on EWTN last night. Outstanding or great job. You did a great job. Huh? Uh, oh, uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I want to live my life on the rock. I haven't even seen it. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> Waiting. I keep refreshing the EWTN Life on the Rock uh, webpage. Just keep refreshing and refreshing. Do you know how I know that we've gotten older how you don't share as much of that stuff anymore yeah anytime like, that you do that you'd be would be like all over the place i know right right like yeah. someone please tell me i'm pretty <laughs> pretty pretty princess am i a pretty princess still Luke, yeah. can i tell you something fun? okay so you asked me how am i doing i'm doing good i'm doing good um you know wife's birthday tomorrow i'm always excited and i'm always nervous about that mm-hmm. last year i surprised her by flying her best friend out and i had to make so many excuses of why i was leaving at eight o'clock at night to go driving uh that she she was like something's up but ever, i kept trying to throw her off the scent by buying her a different expensive home appliance to the tune of i spent hundreds of dollars on all these like kitchen appliance stuff that she loves I would just buy it, and she'd be like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were going to bring in my friend. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Here's a bread maker. <laughs> and it worked. It worked a little bit. And then her, I went and picked up her best friend, and she's like, oh, my gosh. And it was great. Uh, her, her, You know, she's got, you know how, like, you have, like, your best friend from home, and then you go off to college, you got, your, like, your best friend in college, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So Chris Miller was my best friend growing up. But then I moved away, and then I had, you know, uh, a bunch of friends from here, but they never achieved that status of besties, right? Until I met you and Adam and John, then I was like, ah, ah, there we but, go. I mean, so here's the deal: I get along better with you, but I like John more, and I want to be Adam. So it's just this perpetual thing. <laughs> oh my god, you're not kidding. You're, that's the thing that kind of hurts. Is you're not kidding? Sort of. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You just, you're just like, you I'm like John. Everyone likes John more. I get well, it. Well, John does better impressions. He does. John does He's... everything that we do in here that is even remotely close to an impression is either a direct uh, ripoff of John <laughs> or we're trying to do what we think John would do. Yeah. So think about this. John is, he's a handsome guy. I think he's a handsome guy. 
Okay. All, I remember He's, all the girls loved loved John. All the girls loved him. All the him. girls. All of my sister's friends obsessed with John. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But let me and let me tell you, you why. Let me tell you why that <laughs> why that matters to my evaluation of my relationship with John. John was better than me in every measurable statistic. Handsome. He's funny. He does. I do impressions. Not anymore. I haven't done a single impression since John Freshman. I've never year. actually heard you do an impression. Yeah, so I used to do. The you fact heard that my you Christopher said Walken. that you do impressions is laughable to me. Right. I used to all the time. I was known as that guy that does funny, somewhat accurate impressions. And then I met John, and I was like, oh, damn. It's like meeting Melissa Villa, Villa Senor oh, at yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Like, she is operating at such a different level. Or uh, uh, or Pharaoh, you know, they're such different Diff- levels. Yeah. John is honestly, I think I may have told this to him, but I think if John, if John was an ex, I mean, John is definitely more of an introvert. But if he had my desperate need to be like, right, and your right. like extrovertedness, like I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. John would be famous right now. John would be I absolutely have famous. Zero doubt that he because he's that funny and that right. good at impressions. Right. But let me let me draw down the main reason why I think I like John more than you. Okay. This is hurting my feelings. <laughs> We might not want to put that out there. John's not comfortable with people knowing stuff about him. Damn it, John. I like, I'm serious, though. We probably shouldn't have that part in there. Ah. I'll ask him. I like what you're saying, but I just, I, I just know him, and I know that he's yeah, not no like, he's not no like us. He does not like us. He doesn't, for some reason, he's like, he doesn't want, you know, the stuff out there. Yeah, I know. He doesn't want to live his life on the rock is what I'm hearing. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about one particular audience member that I think is so funny, Luke. I got an email today, first name only, Carly. Carly told me that her and her roommate listen, their worst part of their week is when they have to go grocery shopping. So they each take an AirPod and put it in their ear. Carly, I love where this is going. I know. And they listen to our show while doing grocery shopping together. And they're buying stuff. And they said, everyone looks at us like we're a bunch of freaks because we're, like, laughing in the middle of the – but with just an earbud. And they're la- la- and they're talking to each other. Did you hear what Luke just said? Oh, my gosh. That's so racy. Right? So <laughs> He's so edgy. How can he be so edgy yet so brave? <laughs> Luke, you are so brave. Can I um, can I give a shout out really really quick? Can I can I do something pretty yeah. cool? Fan something service. Cool. Let's do this. Bro. All right. Absolutely. Hey, so guess what? Mm. Catching foxes made someone do it. <gasps> no. Here's a de- now, not exactly, but very oh. close to it. <laughs> Emily Conklin and Alex. Oh, Alex, I, I'm sorry, I forget your I forget your last last name, but he has the coolest mustache I have ever seen. And I know for a fact that we were a big topic of debate. Of, of debate, sorry, that we were that we were one of the first things that they talked about on said date. Huh? And it was their um, love for um, catching foxes? So, uh, um, Emily's a very good friend of like Aaron Mine. She's on. She was on. She was um, on my core team. And uh, Emily she, Conklin. Yeah, you. I think you've met her before, or have I think. I could be wrong, <laughs> but Emily Con- and where she live right now? She's in Cincinnati. She's, mm-hmm, yeah, and he's in Columbus. Let me. I'm, I'm going. I'm on her Facebook page right right now. But uh, where is? 
they I don't like how a Facebook changes everything, like all the time. Oh, I remember Emily. I'm looking yeah. at a, face, uh, a Twitter picture. She's really cool. She's like she's just so talented and she's super driven and just like um, I. If anyone, if you like work for some um, type of ministry and you want a hire person just to do aw- like awesome things, I'd throw all the money at Emily because she's that good. Um, where's I tried to How get beautiful. her to take the um, take my job. So real quick, am I having to fly out to the wedding and be the MC with you? Maybe I feel like because it's kind of they didn't. Ex- so I'm trying to remember what happened. Either we had stopped the Catching Foxes made made me do it thing, or Emily had it, but Alex did not. But Alex was a big fan of of on um, the show. And well, I, Alex, not big enough. Sore loser. And I do know. <laughs> That they're like we were like like that first day trying to find stuff I don't talk about and then um leads to like you know like you just talk for hours on end we were one of those things they talked about for hours on oh. end on their first date so don't you hate Gomer yes <laughs> I'm, I'm <Done>. sure <laughs> I just like I w- I wish I could see how that um, conversation um um just um went to hear go like I know Luke very well and he asked be like oh uh, seriously Alex has the coolest mustache. And I cannot figure out how to find a Facebook profile. It's okay. okay. Luke, you know why? Because you did something beautiful, and I want to applaud you. What did I do? You reached out to all of our patrons, and you said, give me your topics. I did. Do you have questions? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Listening. And they sure as heck came through. Also, I want to update you with a friend of the show, uh, Matt Frad. Oh, He's been catching up on our episodes. We got the me- sweetest uh, message from him, and I forgot to respond because I was driving into work and was really um, busy today. But I've been thinking of a of, of a, um, a of a um, good response, and I have the perfect joke, but it will not go said here. He he was super sweet about the last couple episodes. So, uh, Matt Frad, thank you, good sir. Uh, Miss you, buddy. I enjoy the post that you sent everyone, which was Saint Thomas Aquinas called masturbation effeminacy. Enough said about that. So I said, okay. Okay, so I immediately showed a coworker of mine, and wait, thought it was wait, hilarious. That, that, out of the today's... wrong um, context, that sounds very horrible. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know it's really funny. Anywho, so Luke, you, can we start going through these hey, uh, hey, Patreon topics? I have some news, though. Uh-oh. I have some what news. I'm going to speak to you in code. This is actually kind of a big deal, and I think it's going to be a really big deal if we're able to do this. So I'm very excited about this. Very excited. Do you remember those people who I'm not going to name that you asked me to reach out to? But that thing that we heard, we're like, oh, my gosh, we did the same thing. That was really good. We should reach out to them and maybe do a thing with them. Yes. Uh, they said it sounds like it's going going to happen. Yes. Uh, one of them is out of town until oh. October. So I'm going to get back with in, in, in touch in early October. And we're probably going to do like a little – we'll um, have like a Twinsies thing. Or the powers Where we'll, we'll share each other's episodes. I think that's what it's sounding like. I, I think nice. that's what that's what he meant. Ooh, and I, and I'm, ooh, so ooh, I'm, ooh. I'm like, oh, 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 with with your downloads, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Even more important, Luke, we should do it live. In- <laughs> let's, let's not give this away yet because it might not work out. You always do <laughs> I this. Do, I do. I can edit. I can edit it out. I can edit it. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm gonna put a funny little bleep. Funny little bleep. <laughs> 
Dude, that makes me happy. Now you're excited. I thought I was pulling teeth with you. Now you're excited. No, no, I'm very no. I think it'll be very cool. So I'm going to reach out to them again in about nice. in, a, in about a week because the stuff we're going to talk about will cover a lot of our ten minute on topics that were on the mm. Facebook page from last mm. last week. So cool. we're going to kind of skip those because we're going to do this thing, and it's uh, yes. actually yes. I'm actually I don't want to overstate how important. I mean, they're way more important than us. Yes. But our influence or any of that, or their influence. But I actually think this could be a really big deal. Because be, we're going to be t- talking about a thing that no one's talking about right now. And I think it's on everyone's heart, everyone's mind. And I think this is going to be really, um, really good. And I'm very excited about this. Nice. So, Speak, yeah. Lord, your servant is listening. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll share with you the, uh, the like, the text and stuff. So, anyways, everyone, get very excited about that. Again, hopefully, it will work out, and we'll have more stuff for you soon on that. But you know, all right, here we this go. This is all I'm Luke. saying. End game, baby. End game. End game. End game. game. Is there something interfering with your happiness, or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, I started going to therapy probably about maybe four months ago, maybe three months ago, and I just kind of realized that healing is something that the Lord wants us to receive, but healing is always an invitation from God. Quite often, he asks people to, to you know, take a step out. We have to take action, and a great way to do that is through a group called BetterHelp. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, and I'm going to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone obsession so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Those are weird, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if you feel like you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is indeed available. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. You can go to BetterHelp.com slash reviews and read some of the testimonials that are posted daily. So this is what we're going to do. We have a special offer for podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. You go to slash foxes and you will get 10% off your first month. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional counselor. BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Luke, real quick question. Yeah. I need you to answer it in 30 seconds or less. Best pizza in Dayton. Go. Uh, so I used to say that it was Marion's pizza. That's more of a Dayton staple. Still the best, but the like the best tasting pizza is Old Scratch. Ooh, Old, old scratch, scratch is super good. Listen, I'm not saying it's the best pizza, but it's the most enjoyable pizza slash environment in the woodlands. It's called Crust. It's hipster. It's industrial. It's delicious. All right. Luke, I love this question. This comes from Patreon supporter James, and he asked this very, like, soul-crushing question. What would you say to McCarrick if you saw him on the street? I would, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would tickle him. <laughs> I, give, I, would, I, would, I would give him noogies. <laughs> I would give him the Catching Foxes hello, which is usually reserved for Michael Voris, where we specifically tossle Michael Voris's hair. 
So maybe we don't yeah. do it. The Catching Foxes Hello on him, but we drag all we uh, drag like Michael Voris out, uh, and we do the Catching Foxes Hello on Michael Voris in front of Ted, mm. and be like, "I'm sure you needed a laugh." Also, I really hope you went to confession. Okay. Okay. No, okay. I think that no. I would. I would honestly be like, I would just want to know. I would just say, "How are you?" And then I was. I want you to know that I'm praying for you, and I've been praying for you, and I'm horrified by what you've done. But my heart goes out to you, and I hope, I hope that you have. I hope you are experiencing a deeper conversion right right now. So much so that you want your file to be open. Yeah. No, but I. I honestly think I would just try. I would want him to know that. Um, I would want him to know that I care. Mm. I don't know why, but I would want I, it's very important to me that he knows that like when we talked of do you remember when they had that whole yeah. episode about uh, our friend yeah. I almost gave away her, her name. So so for all the all of you who don't know perhaps we had a friend who was on a retreat having a very bad time with everything that was going on found on the Carrick's ordination card and it said please pray for me. And I would want him to know. I, I guess I would want to tell him that story. That you know, we were a lot of us were very angry. And, and um, sorry about that. Al- allergies. We're still kind of upset, but because of this, there's a group of us who have been praying f- for you, and I want you to know that. Then I would. Then I would toss those hair. Good. Good. I don't think I would say or do any of that. I think if I knew, because I don't know what he looks like, if I were to see, well, actually, I do know what he looks like because of the album artwork that we made. I was like, are you joking? It was a sticker. Santa hat on him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would. Do you remember? Okay, really quick. I I still can't believe we brought those to Focus. Those are perfect. It was perfect. We brought a sticker to Focus that had McCarrick on it with our logo in the background saying, there is no cake. Or, like, there is no candles. There's, there's no only cake. McCarrick. There's no ice cream. There's only McCarrick. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. We brought that to focus and passed it out to people. <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird. That was really I weird. Wish we had, I it. honestly wish we had bought 5,000 of those. Yeah. 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 Well, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Honestly, like, real talk, if he were here, I would have all the difficulty in the world not to slap the old man teeth out of his head. Well, then there's because that too. Yeah. Right. Not not because, like, well, I, number one, I'm not praying for him. I haven't been praying for him. I think I prayed for him around that episode. But uh, there comes this time where, <laughs> right, like, you're demonstrating the profound mercy of Christianity by, you know, forgiving and loving the, the, the perpetrator. And there's an element of that. I mean, it's part of my ministry in prison ministry. The crazy thing is there's a difference – like, I feel bad for the victims and for the legion who were victimized because of his uh, actions surrounding and protecting other people. But then the legions of people who left the church spurned our ministry, spurned my own work. I had someone, t- you know, basically cuss me out just for being an employee of a Catholic church because of him, because of the scandal, because of all that stuff. And I just, I like, it would take every ounce of me not to go not to go ape on him, and uh, and I would just tell him, you know, he hasn't ruined my life because I'm not a victim of him, but I am. I have been victimized by the destruction, the ripple waves, far out, far out, but the ripple waves nonetheless. So it'd be hard and for me to. That's a thing that people don't 
ever stop to think about. I don't, and I don't think we ever take the time to see what our sin does to others. Yeah, which is one of the whole points of why we're in in purgatory. But just that, like the the actual, I think we think it's the, like, like a some just abstract idea. But what our sin does, especially major sins, the the real serious ones, the ones that we do like, you know, maybe once in our life, the real real bad ones, how much destruction there is because of that. Yeah, it's and it. Um, there's a reason why stuff is wrong, and it's not just because the church going this is wrong. It's like. When you masturbate, you become more selfish. When you look at pornography, it takes you away from your spouse. When you <clears> – sorry. Um, I know, right in the mic. <clears throat> uh, when we lie, when we cheat, when we steal, we're tearing ourselves and others away from the fabrics of reality. Like it, it, there's a real consequence to this stuff, and it hurts It, it, it hurts people. Yep. Yeah. Anywho, all right. Um, next – is winning really learning to lose? I like this question. Is winning really learning to lose? No, it's winning. Next question. Now, let me just say, I, I've been reading um, all the Greek, Greek, uh, the great epic poetry of the Greeks, right? And the plays and the dramatic blah, blah, blahs and the tragedy blah, blah, blahs. And it's really You've fascinating. You've basically been doing everyone's junior year of high school because you didn't have one. Yes, and uh, as I'm going through it, uh, the difference is I actually care instead of just reading to make Miss (laughs) Habernash not mad at you. Uh, Mrs. Gamble was her name. (laughs) I was close. She Uh, was very nice until she got very upset with me because I wasn't um, doing as well. And she goes, I don't know what has gotten to your life, if it's a a new girlfriend or what, but you need to, to, like, step up your game. The answer, my friend, Zelda Ocarina of of Time. Go on. (laughs) I did have a girl in my life, and her name was Zelda, and she's a princess, damn it. You sacrifice for a princess. No, so I've been reading all this ancient Greek literature while I'm reading Alistair McIntyre's Who's Justice, Which Rationality, and he walks you through uh, the Greek literature in the beginning part, and it is so fascinating because um, – and I literally sat down with our director or coordinator of liturgy, uh, and we talked about this, the peeping Thomas Brian Jones. We talked about this stuff because in Homeric poetry – and this all is this is a direct answer to the question. I'm just a bastard. But the, in Homeric poetry, the goods of being effective, right, getting what you want, and the goods of excellence, being virtuous, were the same thing. They coincided. Now, sure, there were some times where you could cheat and whatever to get ahead. But for home, for heroic societies, uh, Homer included, they were kind of the same thing. But as society evolved, especially as you get to Athens and all the philosophical stuff, they split, and in the interim, what happened is essentially the goods of effectiveness, meaning the winning, the money, the honor, the all this stuff, getting power, right, was separated from being virtuous. And so you had people like the Greek historian Thucydides praising Pericles, the statesman, because he was effective at getting whatever the hell he wanted. And Thucydides basically believed the only reason why there's justice is because people aren't absolutely powerful. Justice is a compromise because of the weakness of the powerful. Like, yeah, they can't be all powerful. Therefore, they'll give you rights. They'll adhere to rules. But if they had all the power, they would do good to their friends and damage their enemies. And Plato realizes the only way to counteract this is 
by looking at by inventing philosophy essentially and then giving a critique that no it's in excellence it's in virtue that by being perfected in virtue only then can you truly be effective so the idea is if i win but for all the wrong reasons ultimately i am losing but if i lose but for all the right reasons meaning we're evenly matched everything was fair and i failed you haven't really lost you've learned so you're not learning to lose that's not what winning is losing or that's not yeah to lose means you learn something new about yourself to win means you learn that you're better than everyone else in that particular thing <laughs> and that's powerful no that's powerful there's not, no shame in that i wonder that's that's actually that's that's a very interesting take on that I was thinking this more in terms of of um, I want to say this is because I've been listening I've been I'm a, I have been listening to the Lord of the Rings on on audiobook as I'm returning to work in my car because there are no sports God help us all I have nothing to live for um, there uh, it's really bad it's real bad man this is what your existence is is like. Yeah, it's awesome. It is terrible. It is oh, I just listened terrible. to all the Lord of the Rings. What am I going to do? Let's grow to Greek heroic poetry. Yeah, I, I, I'd like a little bit of drama, a little bit of real thing. I'm like a little bit of community here while we're all like, you know, invested oh, in one oh, big sorry, thing you happening in, in the moment. In the moment. You want in drama? People, live things happening in the moment with people experiencing that. That's what I want. Why don't you read some Sophocles if you I've want drama? I've read all this stuff, and it's good, and I, and I like it, and I agree with you, but I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, you want live drama in a community? Apple News. They just had an event. <laughs> Literally, I'm watching the event recap late at night, and I'm like, this is my sports center. Luke is so right. <laughs> right I, I can't enjoy a I single so Apple right. event. You are, Luke, gosh, why are you so smart? I hate you. I hate you. Hate your, hate your butt and your butt face. That's me <laughs> not cursing because you have to edit after this. <laughs> You're um, Jackie and I hate you. I do think there's something to – I was taking this down the idea of like we're all fighting the big long defeat, right? Like eventually the elves have to go west, go east, right? That's, that's where they go. Go west. Effort. True west. west. Sorry. Sorry. True west. Uh, the elves go west. Like even like they're the long defeat, right? Like it's, it's these, you know – Immortal beings are going to have to leave because their time has ended. And that's eventually going to happen to us as well, that everything that we win is going to be lost and will result in nothing. Like, do we know the winners of, like, so back in the late um, 1800s, I think in, in the mid or late 1800s, do you want to know what one of the biggest sports was? One of the biggest spectator sports was walking. Yeah. Walking? Yes. Walk. There was a period of time where hey, that was a Hey, you know that thing we do all the sport. time? Let's watch yeah. other people do it. Hey, <laughs> were they wearing tight pants or short shorts? What, what's the appeal? Uh, I was just some headline I read, and but uh, <laughs> no, I think I know it, it was a podcast walking. thing, and I, I don't I don't really recall any of the details. But just that, like, there are so many things that have been popular throughout history, sports, different other um, competitions that we don't know anything. We don't know who were the jousting. Uh, you know, there are, there are people who like who know, but those are the weird homeschoolers who, who, who they all wear capes. Like, who won the jousting tournament of, of um, this time? The different like all of the gladiator feats. We don't uh, we don't remember those things. You're horrified by the professional walking, aren't you? I can yes. tell in your face. The international pedestrian match. Go on, Luke. is it still I'm a thing? Listening. I don't know. Or is, or is that from the when old walking timings? was a spectator sport. sport? Yeah, so it just like like it 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 is all going to fade. Is it is all going to end? And I think when we win things, it's also like 
the heart what's the hardest part of winning right is when you're like it's when you've actually won because it's like well then what's next mm-hmm. and so i think it's i'm learning to understand that you are you know in the in the pursuit of this thing that is finite and it's going to end and is going to go away and you have to be okay with that like who can like if I, if i was like a winning high school athlete would any of you actually care no not even a little bit no not in the slightest and that's and that's how it works. Like mm-hmm. all the all the work I did when I played sports in high school, and the few sports that I played in college, the ones where I played for half for half a year, doesn't matter. Now I made great memories. It did help on me. Those were great great experiences, and, and I'm and I'm glad that it happened. But there is this idea of like you have to learn to like it's not important anymore. Yeah, the uh, Protestant pastor Andy Stanley said. Uh, he gave a talk to high school youth, and he said, high school youth, I want you to know one thing more than anything else. To you, this is your life. It's really important. It's everything. When you're my age, when you're 10 years younger than me, 20 years, 30 years younger than me, your entire high school career will probably be summed up in one sentence or two sentences. Don't make those sentences full of regret. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I was like, you know what? That is so freaking funny because, yeah, you could dive into, oh, my gosh, that reminds me of a story when. But when people say, what was, what was high school like for you? Be like, oh, man, what a trip. It was crazier. Oh, man, I hated high school. It's like a sentence or two. And mm-hmm. then you move on. Well, and the and, hard part is that, like, those high school, you know, they can't see any more than 24 to 48 hours ahead. There's just no concept of a, they, their brain can't think that far ahead for the most part. Yeah. And so it's just it's yeah it, it's 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 interesting how this uh, I remember having that feeling right as my high school of graduation was done the like actual ceremony itself over at um, the Memorial Hall in Dayton Ohio when it was done all I can think was it's all over with it's all over with and these are people that I, I you know they were half that group I had known since I was eight years old. I just imagine you on the football field your senior year. I know you didn't play football your senior year, but your senior year, varsity football. Much to my regret. Last game, you lose the championship game, and you're on the sidelines, and all the other guys are on the sidelines to do the standard, like, that was it. I'm done. And you guys start crying. And I imagine me sitting in the stands being like, that's right. Now you have to live a life of the mind. <laughs> and you're five years behind me, good sirs. <laughs> I have a leg up on you. You might say I lapped you your sophomore year. And then I go and I run and I grab Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics and I go to the bathroom and hide from you. <laughs> but the thing is, instead of um, reading that, you're actually going, I'm just kidding. I was watching Law and Order and eating salad the whole time. My life is a lie. <laughs> I pretended like I was academically advanced and said I was lazy and looking at pornography on a dial-up connection. <laughs> But don't worry, I'm going to go to a school where somehow all of this is going to work out. <laughs> somehow this will, form the, this will form the background of my major testimony for years, and I will make a sustainable income based on this. <laughs> Only in American Catholicism is this. <laughs> I have commoditized my brokenness from high school and my fear of being naked in front of other men in PE. That's why I homeschool. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you embraced the library, Luke. I was born in it. <laughs> Through a thing of high.
hiding in shame. I spent a lot of my time on I am. It will be a thing for a bit and then not be as popular and then be remembered fondly for some reason. One time I had a crush on a girl named Kate and I pretended like I was somebody else on AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> and I feel with great shame even now, 18 years later, thinking about it. <laughs> all of us are going to do things on there and then never talk about it, even though we all did it with each other. It's going to be very weird if you stop and think about it in your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> the, the things we did because of AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, you're the man now, dog. Punch Luke the had these dating relationships <laughs> with like three girls who would write him letters. And then after the first time, first few times he got them, he would go, this is kind of weird. I'm just going to stop talking to them. <laughs> Luke invented ghosting. I love it. Oh, that was beautiful, Luke. Next question. <laughs> no, no, let's just um, keep this No, 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 this is going. too much. It's too much. We peaked. We peaked that funny joke thing. To go. I'm done. To go. It's eight o'clock. We have we have we fifteen more do. minutes. That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got shit to do. <laughs> Moira asks, if you found a twenty dollar bill on the street outside a church, would you keep it, bring it in, put it in the donation box, or keep it? Uh, what about a hundred dollar bill? Boom. I keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Right now, I'm in. I'm in the keep it phase. Where Where are you? Uh, if I found it outside a church, I'd put it in the box. No, I'm. Yeah, I would probably do that. But I would think. I, I would think about it. Okay, this is actually a very good question here. What's the biggest source of um, the friction between be, uh, between um, Luke and Gomer? How do you resolve differences? Wait, say that again? Who was that? Who was that? Uh, I think it was Jose who asked this. Uh, okay. Uh, Jose, 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 Jose. What's the biggest? Oh, oh, don't worry, Luke. I have 400 new messages from this. Does, does Luke talk about himself too much or not enough? Answer, not, not enough. enough. Yeah, duh. I would say I have an answer to the, what's the biggest um, the source of friction. What's the biggest source of friction between us? How do we resolve? Okay, go. We, it hasn't really happened all that often because mm-hmm. we're both scared of, of confrontation. Mm-hmm. I would say probably the biggest thing is Uh-oh. like sometimes Uh-oh. when we plan stuff, we like to plan things in different ways, I think. Yes. And so I'm a little bit more like um, I get like anxious about it and I, I want to take a lot. I, I like want to, I want to talk about what's our strategy for hours. And you and you can just like go and do stuff. Yeah, that's which been, is, that was a problem. That was a problem. Like, but no, then, you're right. But like we did. Right. But then, but then I think how we basically resolved it was we just brought it up. I said like, I need you to know, like, here's where I'm coming from. I'm not angry. Like it's that's how so, Patreon started. Do you remember Patreon? Yeah. You're like, we should do this. Let's talk about this. And I was like, oh shit, Luke wants me to do this right now. So I just did it and launched it. And you're like, well, we should have launched a campaign. We should have done. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, my God. I thought you were so mad at me that I didn't do it because we talked about it. And you're like, oh, no, baby. So so basically it's Luke wants to plan. I want to plan. I want to strategize. Sometimes me and Luke talk about stuff that never happens. And so when we talk yeah, about stuff true. that's going to happen, I feel – I think my anxiety is I'm going to let Luke down because I need to execute right now. So and I'll like, go and I do something and it'll be like – If it's like, are we going to do this the wrong way? Yeah. That's yeah. why I tend to think, of, and I, which is which is not good because they can lead to analysis paralysis, which would be my wrestling finish move, <laughs> and mine leads to uh, shoot first and ask questions later. But which is weird because that's what I'll do, like in the moment though. Like if we got to do it, that's what I'll do. But if we don't, I'm like we we have to. I don't know. It's yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah. So that's. I mean, honestly, we don't really have. This is what I was saying at the beginning of the show when I praised John. 
Uh, me and Luke get along the best. We really do. Of of our friends, me and Luke are, even if we disagree about stuff, I, I like feel like, yeah, I know why you would say that, yeah, and I'm yeah, okay yeah. with you saying that. Yeah, yep, same, same. Which is why we make excellent co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But Luke, I got a follow-up question for you. Yeah. If you were a principal, still a principal, how would you run distance learning on your campus? Ooh, this would be very, very hard. But I think what I would do is probably just give everyone an individualized education plan. Basically do an IEP for everyone. It, this would be very hard to pull off. It'd be a complete 360. Uh, 360, which is just doing the same thing. It'd be a, it would be like almost a reinvention. But I don't see how you can do mass education online without someone, especially for high school kids, overseeing. I think you'd have to come up with some sort of plan for each one. And a lot of um, your Zoom calls would be then having to check in with your, like, the, like the parents and the kids and stuff because they're each kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. That might, that might be un, – that might be – I'm also used to smaller Catholic schools. So – and also probably what I would do is I, I like the whole half-day model. I think going half a day, spreading it out. I think that works. So I have to tell you, um, Jose, number one, Jose is a, a big fan of the show. and Great guy, uh, Jose. He is awesome. He's always engaged. I love you, Jose. Uh, Kristen Martin writes two really hilarious questions that I love. She said, make Luke just tell us all his starry-eyed dreams for Everly while Gomerly affirms him and gushes over it the whole time. <laughs> and this is why this is so funny. I want a repeat of the new house episode, So Wholesome. Remember when we went through the home that you were inches away from securing? That's right. And every inch of it, we were like, no, no, no. This is where you're going to put your Dance Like No One's Watching poster. And this is where your yeah. footsteps are. That was, that was one of my, honestly, honestly, one of my favorite episodes. Because I felt like me and you were friends hanging out with each other in person. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because we're both looking true. at the same thing and we're talking, yeah, it, talking it, about it. It, it made true. my heart happy. It was fun. That, and then, that actually was fun. Yeah. And then you didn't get that house and I didn't speak to you for a month. But don't worry, I launched Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. We can go like, um, isn't it weird? Like there are times when we'll talk like a, a ton and then stuff will happen and we'll like somehow get ahead and then we don't record. We'll go like, we won't talk at all. It's weird. It is weird. It's weird. Kristen follows it up by saying, instigate a real fight on site and then resolve it. Sidebarring to explain your process throughout. <laughs> Gold. No, we'll do that next week. Yeah. We'll do it the following weeks. We'll, do, we'll, we'll hit up something. We don't have time to do that right now. Or do we? <laughs> um, uh, okay, so here's, here's the thing. This was actually on Facebook. Um, I Who will say Who I don't remember. Oh, oh, I mean, just oh, it was a girl who did this great dance to the Summer of Scandal s- song, which sounds weird, but uh, she was she was in her car and it was funny. We put it on, we put it on Instagram, and people loved it. Okay, I I have a good um question for you. What's been a big source of tension? And this is probably like I would imagine like pre marriage, but even like it even happened. Oh, within marriage, with your friends who are female. What is a big source of tension with my friends pre and post marriage? Yeah, pre, during, pre marriage. So, so like, when I wasn't yeah. dating. Uh, okay, so let me let me start off by saying this: when I was in college, me and Luke were in AMDG. Woo! AMDG was a household of of self important, prideful. Superheroic men who you are may amazing. date a brother, but you get married to an AMDG guy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 
thing that I learned in college was the importance of men in community. I didn't learn that lesson as well as I had hoped, but I got a taste of real community and fellowship with men. So after college, the majority of my closest friends were dudes. I had a lot of female friends, but I did not ever, because I was dating Shannon, I never had exclusive where I, you know, it was just like me and a friend, you know, watching Netflix or, you know, whatever existed in 2005 before Netflix. Netflix used to be a DVD service. They'd That's what we did. We would mail. just remember we'd buy whole seasons of um, DVDs. Then we would make certain um, friends whose names don't rhyme, whose names don't rhyme with Onathan, use his student loan money to buy more seasons of 24 and repeat. Gosh, I loved that. That was um, the but best. But the. The, so I wouldn't say I had a lot of tension with women. Now there were, there was one woman maybe in particular who name names. No, I'm totally just kidding. All of Shannon's friends. This is why I knew I should have married this woman, and I should have married her earlier. All of her friends were my friends. All of my friends were her friends. We weren't all best friends, but I could get along with any of them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I loved it. And Luke Luke was really – Luke and Chris Kravaniak were the two people back in college that they hit it off so well with Shannon mm-hmm. that I thought they were going to try to date her. When they didn't move in, Nope. Gloria TB Domine, right? Like, last to be Christy. You guys get it. Right. So not, that, not, uh, not in a bad way. Just like, yeah. I remember being kind of surprised you guys started the date and be like, oh, actually, that does make uh, it like, perfect sense. Here, okay, so here's – I'm going to say this is, this is what I do, which is why I think I got along with Shannon so well. If there's one critique, if there's one thing I need to be worried about, this has been the same throughout. Um, I was a friend. I'm Gina Durso pointing this out to me. I would treat my girlfriends, my um, friends who were girls, like guys. So I would uh, make yeah. fun of them. I would make jokes. I would like, not like I wouldn't be. Cr- Luke, I probably what was would Shannon's be nickname? Rothgar. and oh, ass clown, ass clown. <laughs> yeah, hey, that was a mutual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still to this day. That's your uh, name in her phone when you see. Call. I was bummed because it, it changed her name in my phone when she changed her thing, and I have it where it automatically will update it if they change their contact info. Yeah. So I was like, wait, no, no. Um, but yeah, it was for a solid ten years. It was just ass clown. Um, it's beautiful. It's I would beautiful. treat, and so I think, uh, yeah, I would just, and it's it's happened a, a multiple times. Even when I've been married with certain, uh, like I remember telling, I actually told, um, told Sarah Rogers this. I was like, hey, at some point in time, I'm probably going to treat you like you're a dude, and it's going to hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and it did happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, it's just, it's a like, it's a. I don't think. I just don't think about, like, there's a difference. No, you could just end it right there. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's – there's actually some good ones. So we only have, what, yeah, like a, a couple minutes, right? Uh, right. We, got, we got maybe 20. If you were able to go back to college at this point in your life, what would be your major? Would you return to Franciscan? Oh, my God. Okay, honestly, I have been thinking about this since I showered this morning. It's a good so who, question. Who came up with this question? This Craig, is Craig, and I have no idea how to pronounce that last name, but it is a cool last name. Uh, Craig, my German friend. I, would I don't think it's this. German. I think it's more of a, that's like a uh, Icelandic kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know what? You might be right. You might be yeah. right. We'll find out when you listen to the show. Craig, Craig, hit us back. Tell us. No, Koenig. 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 
Ah, it means not, uh, I don't, the, it means it means the coins at night. Um, Greg, let me tell you this. I know exactly what I would do. And I had a professor tell me this while mocking me, literally laughing at me. I see he goes, what do you want to do, Gormley? And I said, oh, you know, I'm taking philosophy and theology because I think I might want to do like exegesis and scripture scholarship. And he started laughing at me. It's Dr. Harold. He's crazy in all the right ways. And I said, what, what's so funny? And he goes, you shouldn't be a philosophy theology major. You should be a classics major and a language major. And I was like, well, not doing that. I suck at foreign languages. So, But now that I have gotten into the classics in a big way, like mm-hmm. I'm immersing myself in them, I regret. Yeah. Like right now I'm, yeah. I'm on book seven of the Aeneid. I regret it so much. When, when, you, when you find on the classics as an adult, it's a real special thing. It is, it's, it and is. Then, and, and you kind of don't necessarily have the time to do the rhetoric uh-huh. that you would like. Yes. So it's tough. Yeah, I think for me, um, okay, so I'm going to assume the way that this is worded, that this would be me going back to college as like a married adult. Or does he mean like we could go back in time and will we still go to Steubenville? Let's say, let's say back in time, knowing what you know now. I would go back to Steubenville and I would just add economics. Because I fell in love. I did not even think about. I think I did. I think I was always curious about it, but I never took an. I never took a class till the summer after summer before my senior year. I had to take one for my history major, and I fell in love with it. Wasn't that late December back in '63? It was a very special time for me. <laughs> what a lady! What, what a night! night. Yeah, I. Um, but the, the classics. So either that or marketing, or like there's. I, I wish I could. I could lead like ten lives because there are so many things I would love to have. Oh done. my gosh! You so. wish you were Hermione Granger, where you could turn back the clock and prisoner yep. of Azkaban and take all those. Classes but remember, again. there are things like bad stuff happened to wizards that mess with time. It's true. Um, I actually love this question here. I've been working with um, with um, Life Team kids for years. I feel strongly about there being a crisis in human formation. Ding, ding, ding. It's not ding. limited to um, to Life Team, but a- anywho, which making ministry? So this like um, a crisis, which is making, this crisis yeah. in human um, formation, which making ministry difficult. What are your thoughts on this, and how can we integrate it into a ministry today? I completely agree. Here's what I did at the Archdiocese. I did a thing that had the dumbest name in the world, but it was freaking awesome. Called the Human Formation ex- Experience, where I had a buddy who was one of the best bartenders here in Cincinnati teach people a little bit about the history of of like um, cocktails as a whole and then how to make an old-fashioned. And then he, and then he actually um, made an old-fashioned. And then I talked very um, briefly about how there's, there is a sacramental aspect to that, hospitality tied in a little bit of Balthasar. In hindsight, I would reverse that. I would start, I would start with the Balthasar and with the like I'm learning about cocktails. Um, anytime that you can do an actual skill and teach people this skill and tie grace into that, where grace leads into nature, um, nature builds on grace. Or you know, sorry, I, I think it's a really good, good. I think this is this is a thing that we that like um, I think is really going to harm like a ton of um Catholic schools because with people who talk about it, when you when you have these adults who are now you know in their um fifties or whatever, and they lead these campaigns for schools, you know, they'll talk about it in the past how they were taught at their Catholic school to like this is how you shake a priest's hand, this is how you make eye contact, this is how you um this is like that stuff that we. They would stand up when an adult entered the room. The majority of our Catholic schools don't do that anymore. And that's human information is what, like, 
you could tell a person went to a um, Catholic school by their handwriting because it was yeah. perfect. And, and I, they put JMJ at the top of their papers. And, uh, at, uh, maybe at your school. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, anyways, yeah, I have a lot of thought. I think I think this is like the ace in the hole, hit, hit it, hidden weapon. This is the gospel. Oh, this is the gospel like renewing humanity as Pope St. Paul VI talks about it. If you can't tell, I have thoughts. Sorry. Your turn. Yeah, so for me, for me, my big thing, I, I just took over youth ministry, and I lost uh, almost everyone in my department. They all quit, uh, almost every single one of them, and the last one just quit last Friday. So, yikes. So I'm rebuilding. I'm rebuilding, right? And uh, while I was talking about, like, what can we do during COVID and what, can, what kind of ministry, I said, what if we just do JP2 ministry? And they were like, what does that mean? I said, you just go for a hike. We have the beginning of Piney Woods, Texas, at the northernmost part of our city. There's beautiful hiking trails maintained by Texas A&M agriculture students. Let's just take 40 freshmen on hikes. And then when we get to the point that we want to go to, right, we'll walk for an hour. We'll let the kids talk and be each other and just be with each other. And we'll go and hike. And then we'll pray the Angelus. We'll do, like, noon prayer. And then we'll go back. Which is really interesting because if you – if you, that's a lot that the people tried to do, like, in the 70s and in the 80s and in the 90s. But I think it just kind of almost lost its roots in like the life yeah, of no, the church. Yeah, no. What they would do it was they would march. Yeah, exactly. They would march to some place and they would commune with nature, or they yeah. would do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, weren't yeah. tying it like, like I think the beautiful hours of prayer, like liturgy of the hours, speaks to my heart. I'm not a pro. I don't have a priest or a monk showing me and guiding me through these prayers. But what I have in the liturgy of the hours is a vast access to not just tradition, but just the deed, just doing the deed at the proper time is transformative. Praying morning prayer at 6 a.m. is tr- as the sun is rising is transformative. I want to yeah. do stuff like that for our teens. Now, the other thing is. I began looking at, you know, Luke, I don't know if you remember this, but we did, a, we mentioned confirmation, high school confirmation, and you said, it bothers me so much that we're worried about getting kids through confirmation, and most of them are atheists, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember saying that. Yep, yep. You're like, they don't even believe in God, and we're like, all right, well, here's how you stop looking at pornography, right? Like, we, we're, we're presupposing what we can't. That's, they yeah. don't even have the basics to get to the building blocks, to get to the foundational level of Catholicism. So for me in particular, like she's talking about human formation. I want to teach people how to think. Like we all talk about like, oh, modern man, we think critically, right? We begin. No, people don't. People accept things because it has a, a man in a white trench coat saying it. Like we have, uh, Chesterton nailed it. He said we've accept, we've gotten rid of traditional authority, we've gotten rid of tradition, and we've embraced the tyranny of they. Well, you know, they say, and I see so many high school students, and I've heard their arguments, and it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing when they say things like, oh, well, what about the flying spaghetti monster? Couldn't that just be God? And you're like, no, I'm arguing for an infinite, eternal 
purely spiritual reality that is not just the highest being in creation, but is completely wholly other than creation in order to create. And you're saying a flying spaghetti monster? Do you understand how stupid that is? Which is (laughs) why atheists that actually give a shit about atheism call themselves philosophical atheists, not the new atheists. And they're like, we're not that. We're not that. Don't associate us with Richard Dawkins. He's not actually a real thinker. So I think part of it is learning how to reason. Learning Aristotle's concept of logic. I know that that's what... um that's what like on um, the Bishop on um, Barron's doing, and I would agree with like, and I have I've been a big advocate for. I think that's maybe the wrong thing to prioritize, but I wouldn't say that it's not important either. And and, and I would uh, um, I would agree with you. The thing that I would add though is I think for a lot of those high school kids, and this is where human emotional formation actually comes in. They're very very wounded. Oh yeah, so, so and like, they don't know how to do relationships, and you have to wounding. address that. Yeah, like you have to. Um, and there's actual um, healing and going out and doing stuff. Yeah. Like that, like I've experienced this when we're doing abide, we know the kids going out onto the streets to basically invite people inside to adoration when they have the confidence to do that was actually kind of, kind, uh, kind of healing. Yeah. I, I, I know we're pressed for time, but there is another one they want to ask. This is actually okay, Craig coming through Craig and like, these are like great questions, uh, guys. What defeat has taught you the most? Mm. I have my, like, I feel like this is. Mm. No, no, I got mine. What's yours? Go. Can I guess okay. yours? Yeah. I mean, so the go-to thing uh, no, is. No, no, no. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's the biggest. It's the most obvious. Well, I was going to say when Shannon said, now I'm saying no t- no to you. Nailed it, MFR. You know my heart. What would be you mine? Know my what would heart. be mine? What would be mine? Your biggest defeat, Luke. You're undefeated and undefeatable. Ah, uh, that's t- 2005. Begs to differ. <laughs> <laughs> what was Luke's biggest defeat? Uh, huh. I mean, your the tragedy of losing your father was a profound life change. But I wouldn't but say I wouldn't that was say a, that's defeat. a defeat. Right. Right, that's why I said tragedy. And I defeat. haven't really learned a lot from my defeats, which is probably a problem. Well, actually, no, actually, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, the fact that Luke can't complete a single Exodus ninety. <laughs> no, I don't know. What would be your biggest? I defeat, actually Luke? don't know because there's this like, I mean, there's other things going on that have helped me kind of understand perhaps why some things didn't work out the way that I would have um, have um, liked them to. I'll go into it later, uh, but there are. But I'm, I don't regret it because then I met Aaron. It's fine. I, I don't. I, it's. I mean, honestly, probably the biggest defeat was when I moved to Denver in 2013. Yeah. And and but, and. But here's yeah. the thing, like that changed everything, though. So I yeah. I can't regret like because you met Aaron because that's where. Well, you know, you know what's really funny? I was talking about that today to a coworker, and. I was like, you know, and if I hadn't have done that, I don't know if catching foxes wouldn't like. I don't think it uh, would have happened. And then she just, um, then she just like, she stopped me. And goes, but wait, didn't you meet Aaron in Denver? <laughs> and I was like, oh well, yeah, like that too. Like that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I was here first, Aaron. I was here first. Um, oh, yeah, but so I think fun. not taking the job out in Eureka, which was this like clear step it was the next thing before coming a high school president it was the thing it would have been awesome it could have really helped the school out i think and i think going to denver and realizing that i made the wrong choice but then also like was just really tough 
I, I would say, okay, so that probably taught me the most because I learned, okay, so this is actually how much this stuff can really set you back. Yeah, yeah. And it was about five, it was it's typically about five years. And that's yeah. how long it took. But then, all, but also, tons of good stuff came out of it, but I had to I kind of almost crawl my way back. So, yeah. All right, let's do lightning round. You ready? Yep. Do you think the whole, this whole authenticity and vulnerability trend is getting to the point of being narcissistic and self-serving? Lots of us getting high on our own egos and stories. Nathan, answer, absolutely yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think we can definitely get high on our own supply. And we are very much a part of the reason why that is a problem. So, Yeah, I mean, the, the narcissism, and, and this is really where, I, where, where it shocks me to my core. Is people are like, I'm just being honest. I'm just being authentic. And you can talk and act in a way that's fake, honest, and authentic. Or a point where you're, you're, you're an exhibitionist. And that's where it's wrong. I don't, like, for me and Luke, this is, this is literally me and Luke. Like, this is how we talk. This is how we act. And it actually takes some training to do this into a microphone. Yeah. Like, knowing yeah. there's a third party. Yeah. Yep. But this is really, I feel so comfortable now. In pulling Patreon questions or Facebook questions and talking with Luke, but this is how I am. Like this is who I am right now, and um, so I would say that that's really hard to get to that point because you're either selling your sins, which is glorifying sin. And I know Nathan's made some comments about like sometimes how flippant me and you are about overconsumption of alcohol, and it's like oh, I was drunk. Often we mean Franciscan drunk and hell. I've never I've only been twice in my life blackout drunk and that was never because I was blackout neck drunk. deep in, I shouldn't say blackout but like near that like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know yeah. you're slurring uh you know should never get behind the wheel should never really even sit in a chair uh <laughs> you're dangerous there you got to hold on to the floor to keep from falling that kind yeah. of drunk um that happened to me because I hated myself and was deeply punishing myself in a time in my life where if I went to counseling regularly, they would have said, you're going through depression, like pretty hardcore. Uh, you know, it was one of the breakups with Shannon. It was it was a low point in my career. It was all X, Y, and Z. I don't ever want to glorify Like, I love drinking. I think drinking is fun. But that's because me and you, we it's, it's a celebratory thing. I don't ever want to glorify this. But there are people who glorify. It's like there's a difference between St. Augustine's Confessions and uh, like taxicab confessions from HBO, like one is voyeuristic or exhibi- ex- exhibitionism. There we go, and the other is like this is like an this is who I really am, and I well, think our conversation in Christian communities is we really use the word authentic. I think in all communities, not just Christian, but like general marketing, authentic mm-hmm. being authentic is a value of the modern age. It's why people love the exposed brick. Yeah. 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 Really? Easily I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do too. All right. Next. Oh, I have noticed when Gomer p- prays free form, as I call it, he always produces something short, succinct, and powerful. Hey, you're welcome. This is a skill that I have never learned. I'm not sure if anything in our contemporary Catholic upbringing actually teaches how you do it. Whenever I try, I end up with a long, meandering list of intentions, which, while worthwhile, saps all my focus and lets my ADD brain spin off in its own direction. How can we as Christians practice and learn this form of prayer, and what benefits can it have in our spiritual lives? This guy's name is awesome. Yeah. Jean, 
Jonathan. Jonathan. It's Jonathan. Uh, like a trying to, he uh, he told me the story behind his name. It's like one of his dad's friends or something. His dad was in France or something like that. It's really honor. It's really honor. cool. I know. I think this is a very good question. It uh, part of it just comes from practice. I don't. I, I don't mean sorry. Yeah. Not practice. With repetition and just understanding like the power of when you – it's much more – in a way that I never have before, I now strive to be concise. And yeah. I think when you keep trying to do that and you become more – and this is why it's great to do open prayer is that you learn – it can become pretty powerful when you have learned how to say this is what I'm praying for specifically. Yeah. When people engage in free-form prayer that becomes long and meandering, oftentimes it is because they are trying to get some teaching into the middle of the prayer. And I used to do that also. I, I would, like, give a talk, and I'd be like, all right, let's close the prayer. Heavenly Father, you know how when I was saying earlier about the Holy Spirit? Right, like, you don't need to do that. Good you gracious God. To, yeah, right. You, <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just come just before we you. Just, we just we love just, you. We, we just, just love you. We just, we just, we just, we just, we just, we just bow down. We bow down. Yeah, so what I would tell you to do is extemporaneous prayer, also known as ejaculatory prayer or spontaneous prayer, um, is, is, is to be cultivated in the heart of every Christian disciple. You need to learn to speak in your own language. Do not think, though, that by saying that I'm devaluing memorized and recited prayers. There was a time in my life where I stopped praying recited prayers because I felt like I wasn't speaking my true heart to God. Then I was doing prison ministry, my very first Colby prison retreat at the Ferguson unit. And the guy stood up and he goes, you know, he had big Nazi swastikas tattooed in his head. And he said, you know, I came to Christ 18 months ago, slid out of my neo-Nazi gang. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like, uh <-oh>. Okay. <laughs> and he said, and I, I got saved and I embraced the Lord and it changed my life. And he goes, and you know what? Now coming to this Catholic thing, like y'all are awesome. I love this. And then he held up a rosary. We give everyone a rosary. And he goes, now, I don't know about this whole Mary thing for you Catholics. I, I don't know yet. I don't know. Okay, okay. I'm trying. And we're all, like, laughing. he goes, but this divine mercy chaplet, praying, just focusing on the passion of Jesus, it orders my brain. I've told the story before on the show. But he, he said, and I know what, a lot of us are in here because our brains need to be a lot more ordered. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Everyone's laughing. And he goes, but that's what this does. When I pray these words over and over again, I feel like my mind is like Tetris and it's all the pieces are falling into place. And I was like, we have memorized prayers that come from the great wellspring of scripture and the saints. Why would I ever spurn memorized prayers, repeated prayers, even like, you know, for the sake of sorrowful passion and mercy on us and on the whole world, never spurn those. But you need to talk to God. So many of the Psalms are not just artistically crafted poetry. Many of it are, if you can understand Hebrew poetry and Hebrew form. But a lot of it you can tell is intimate cries of the heart to God. And I can tell you, you want to know where I have short, succinct, and powerful prayers? It's because I am a royal screw-up. And there are so many times I am on my knees or I am in a, in a horrible place. And I am screaming out to God, God, I don't know, like, help me, save me, fix me do something like I'm, 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 you know, so in short, it comes from a place where I've done this because I need to do it. St. Francis de Sales says these kind of ejaculatory prayers should always, and yes, Luke, I'm saying that on purpose, should always be a part of our faith, right? So when I lead prayer extemporaneously, I, my main mission is not to 
have long words so that people can praise me. Oh, Michael, you were so, I used to do that. And people used to do that. Now I'm just like, this is what I need from the Lord. Lord, I need the grace right now to stop talking and to get on to the next question. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's one thing that I would add to that. Uh, Praying pre-written, memorized prayer slowly with intention of every word and almost taking the time to stop and think, what do I mean by this word here? Yeah. It's pretty cool. But then so is on the same time, at, at the same time, so is just saying, hey, you know what? I don't have to like be so emotionally invested in this. I can just say the yep. prayer, and it's just as valid. Uh, a, a gay couple uh, sat down with me the other day at church. Nice. And they want their adopted daughter to be baptized. And their godparents are going to bring them every week to church and have been. And I got a lot of respect for this couple because they're like, we want this. And so I said, tell me your story. And so they said something. I mean, that, so number one, their thing was we stopped when I, they, they, they never said gay. They never said homosexual. They never said same sex attraction. Didn't say any of that stuff. And I realized why at the end they said, you know, when I accepted myself for who I am and what I was, I stopped going to church. And this is how they said it. Both of them said this because I didn't want to disrespect the people's beliefs, my family or anyone else. They weren't like obstinate, how dare you teach this, and blah, blah, blah. They were like, no, this is what you teach. That's cool. But they always felt this golden thread to God. And we had them watch these videos on baptism. The Father Mike Schmitz was talking. And in it, on the last one, this guy said, I said, so what would you get out of the videos? This guy says to me, and I love this, he said, my whole life I've been praying like a Catholic. You know, I was raised by devout Catholic parents until I was like maybe 19. He said, I never knew prayer was about listening. Mm. He's like, that blew my mind. I should listen. And to me, raising this stuff, right, up teaching this stuff, you're like, are, are you kidding me? Of course. It's two-way street. Yeah, you speak, yeah. you listen. And then he just looked at me. He goes, how do I even begin to do that? And I said, I'm glad you asked me that. I'm glad you asked me. I said, this is beautiful. I said, you want to learn. This is what I'm going to tell you. Take two chapters of the Gospel of Mark and just go day by day. I said, and pay such close attention to what Jesus says. Now, this is the be- the deal about memorized prayer and about scriptural prayer. If you read enough scripture, you can bring those anointed, inspired words into your daily prayer life. And I said to those guys, when you pray scripture, you're not just saying the words and what they stir up in you. You're also listening to the words and deeds of Jesus and how the Father loves me. And the, the guys started crying. Both of them, they were like wet-eyed, looking at me, and I said, no, and I looked at them both. I said, no man has ever loved you more than what Jesus Christ, than how Jesus Christ loves you right now. I said, so go to the Gospels. Pick one. Recommend Mark for the newbie. And just listen and observe how the Father loves you in him. And that's what I say to Amen. everyone. If you've never prayed, do that. Look at that. Bam. Bam. Man, at Bam. a mouthful of Topa Chico. Riba. All right, we have to do we have to do Ryan, right? Yeah, of course, because he's I love Ryan. Oh, Ryan, just, Ryan and his wife are so great. Right? I believe Let's be uh, I got this beer from him, so thank you, Ryan. This uh, this is an imperial uh, Neapolitan milk stout from Saugatuck Brewing Company. Here's <laughs> to happy. Yeah, did you do you have the question? I got it right here. Oh yeah, no, no. Oh, oh shit, balls. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh, shit, Paul. 
The company I work for just released new email signatures with pronouns. I'm in a position of influence and nervous. This is pitting my job against my faith. Yeah. I cannot be the only one to deal with this. Any thoughts on how things like this should be dealt with? Luke, his bottom (laughs) line question, what's a pronoun? What's a pronoun? So (laughs) so this is where people put, like, their preferred preferred pronoun. Uh, He, her, him, she, them, they. This is tough. This is tough. This is tough. I would probably go along with it because strangers in a strange land, right? There's just this element to it of, um, well, like this is the world that we live in right, right now. And I don't think there's anything wrong per se with putting that, that, that in there. But I also, I also am aware of what it implies, which is there's, and it's, it's tough. This is a real, I can like, feel people getting a mad at me right now by saying this. And so it's very difficult to try and navigate. And I wish the bishops would try to understand this. Um, anywho, um, it, uh, oh my gosh. I say just go along with it. It doesn't mean that you're, because it's just like, it's such a complicated thing to say, okay, well, how, how do I share with you my thoughts on trans, on like, you know, trans, uh, transgenderism? Well, can we have a conversation first about being and metaphysics? You know, because it's like, you, like you can't. Um, so I say just go ahead and do it. And I think it's fine. I don't think it means that you are saying like, hey, I'm totally behind this entire ideology that dominates the culture now. Um, what do you think, Gomer? Uh, it's so bizarre that we live in a world where male and female, the most basic categories of fundamental human interaction are now up for grabs. However, um, I think it is, I mean, if it's required by your J-O-B, I think you should do that. I don't think you're accepting, um, (laughs) I don't think they are. I don't think they mean that you are accepting. Yeah, here's a better way to put it. I don't fundamental think, principles of transgender yeah, is by doing the, the, by doing this, you're not going against the teachings of the church on the human person. Because I, it's so there's this one um, British guy. He's in their parliament, or like you know, or you know, um, whatever, where they all they all scream at each other. It's great to watch while you are pre gaming. Um, he says he's not against gay marriage. He embraces the teaching of the Catholic Church, which is a key distinction. And I really, really like that because it's – instead of saying no, I'm like – because I'm not against people's desire for love or to be – or even to say I'm not against people's desire to be their authentic selves. I, I embrace a different definition of what we mean by the authentic self. And so I would say that by doing this, you're not going against the teaching of the Catholic Church of on what on the, the human person. Yeah, I would say if you're in a position of influence and you can hold off on on getting yeah company yeah, oh, yeah, wide, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, company wide yeah, yeah, yeah. policy maybe, but if you're at a place where there's a lot of transgendered folks working, then I would just not use, worth it. 
the pronoun. It's not worth, worth it, it to yeah. push them away before you can even and, and begin I tr- a conversation. I truly believe, like, again, strangers in a strange land, like, if you're a missioner and you're in this island and they say, hey, we need to know what your preferred pronouns are. You're probably going to tell them your prefer- your preferred your preferred pronouns, right? Because you're a missioner in this area, and the culture is not yours. And it's tough because the culture is ours because we live here. So there's this really tough tug of war, and I get that. I, I don't I don't know. I don't like. I also understand that people would want to quit their jobs because of that. I'm not saying that you should, but if you did, I would also understand that. Yeah. But I would never say that you should to or you have to or it's the right thing to do either. I, I think it's so I think it's so difficult because like, yeah, mm-hmm. there are real people with gender dysphoria. There are real people who are radically encouraged by a culture of narcissism th- to be whatever the hell you want to be, you know, in any way, shape, or form. And there are ways of acting. Like I, I just had a conversation with a friend who does a lot of LGBT ministry, and he says, one thing I refuse to do is to call anyone gay or lesbian. I refuse to use that. I'm like, well, then how do you even get with, like, the people who are Adam? And he just, he has a different way of evangelizing, I guess. But he's like, no, 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 I won't talk with any Catholic. Not not talk, but, like, I won't elevate any Catholic who who uses gay and lesbian because those are... A worldview, they're an ideology. They are titles wedded yeah, to an ideology. Yeah, but I feel like that's like just a little bit much, right? No, I agree. I agree because I don't care. Like I liked Eve Tushnet, yeah. who said gay and Catholic, you know. And then Daniel Madison came out with why I don't call myself gay. I think there is. This is the part where I and and I do mean this honestly. Where I, as a heterosexual man, I'll even take the term cisgendered in this in, in the context of this conversation. I don't understand entirely what's at stake. I want to say, well, don't identify yourself with a sinful lifestyle in terms of identifying yourself with your attractions, and that's it. I am a gay man. Why? Because I'm sexually attracted to other men. Therefore, that's my horizon. That's my life. That's my goal. That's my everything. As Catholics, we don't want to say that. That's why they say, well, don't call yourself gay. Call yourself same-sex attracted because that's part of who you are in terms of your sexual attraction, but that's not your whole identity. Like That argument I also get. But at the same time, in terms of evangelization, if you're reaching out to people who do not belong and they're like, I'm a they, I, I believe I'm too gendered or I'm fluid or I'm too spirit or whatever. I have a hard time them. with the they. That's where I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. that See, it's funny. Sense. I know. I know. It's so funny you say that because it's easier for me with they because I use they. A lot of people use they incorrectly and got a lot of points off like, yeah, I was talking with Bob the other day and, you know. I was talking with this guy, and they, they were saying, like, they want to go, like, I, I, I never do that. do that. I never do that. And yeah. There, it's, I, I don't know if it's cultural thing or whatever, but there's a lot of people who use a plural third person to describe. One of my favorite things, there's a super liberal Apple blogger, um, John Aren't Gruber. Aren't they all? <laughs> I know. Yeah, they all. They all are. are yeah. But John Gruber, who is, uh, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's he's interesting. But he goes, and he's like, all this stuff is ridiculous. It's just He's like, my son, I think my son's school does it best. It's called Glow, gay, lesbian, or whatever. And then I remember talking to someone who's bisexual, and they're like, F that kid and F his school. And I was like, whoa, what? Then his whole thing, I was just reading comments, and they're like, or whatever, so I'm a whatever. And then later on, he was talking about pronouns. He goes, yeah, I, that's why I think it's so great to use the plural third person, like them and they. 
<laughs> people are like, how dare you take away? I'm a she, even though I look like a man and was assigned a man. And I'm like, guys, this is all a minefield. Even you super liberals, just give it a week and you're the most bigoted jerk. Just give it a week. Language is shifting so fast. So I, I honestly, you know what? God bless you. Yeah, that's Put tough. It's tough. And I, I don't like, I, I, it's so easy for us to Monday morning quarterback this and it's to tell them what they should do. But that's not a lived reality. Like we both work for the church in some capacity. And, you know, it's, um, it's tough. It's like, this is like, I, I don't know how this ends. And I'm scared because uh-huh. like, it's just so weird because it's the, the thing that I have the hardest time with is every so much of our culture now is based upon self-determination or this like and it just like whoever like when are we ever in our right minds right yeah you know what i mean like like just it's just it's 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 hard and i like i don't doubt that people this is where it's so hard for me i don't doubt the people who i you know who are uh who are a dude but they identify as a woman i don't doubt that like they believe like that they, that they i don't doubt their feelings I don't doubt like what's you know what's what, that that's a desire of their heart. You know, I don't think they're lying to us that like have fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so complicated, Luke. So complicated. Yeah. But I'm happy to enter I like also like what like I just hope that like we don't one cause scandal, two we don't we don't lead people us us astray, but also that we're always willing to enter into that because it's not something that we can just give an easy, clean answer to because it's not. It's just not. I went to a whole day. I went to a whole day conference on this a couple of years ago, and it was fascinating. And I almost wanted to go to um, college again to like start uh, to, to start to study it because it's so important, and it's not going away, and it's super, super complicated. It is. It is. I don't. I don't know how you talk about this in a way that doesn't just. Immediately makes yeah, yeah. I just like alienate anyone. I don't either, except for the fact of you should not. Number one critical theory is destroying America, literally, metaphorically, educationally, and that um, we we have to root it in the biology. You have to root it in the biology. One of the most fascinating comments someone said was, uh, "Transgenderism is a direct attack on homosexuals." Because people are afraid to say, I'm gay. They say, well, I'm fluid. And it's like, wow, okay. I didn't even see that perspective coming. But here it is, and it's not leaving. All right, Luke. I got to go, man. All it's right. 848. Is I it, love you with the fire a of a thousand stones. Does this it's, work? It's going to be enough. It's going to be enough. It's going to be enough. All right. Do we have an enough. ad this week? I think we have an ad this week. I haven't talked to schedule. You, 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 oh. You've got the schedule, right? Yeah, you got to dig it out of an email. Thank you so <laughs> much to... <laughs> To, uh, it it's BetterHelp right now. Thank you to BetterHelp. We think it's whatever that thing is. BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Head on over there to let them know you came from us and that they'll keep spending their sweet, sweet money on our show. Let's be honest. God bless you, you probably need counseling, so. Oh, gosh, I do. It's so bad, Luke. It's, so it's bad. hard, man. <laughs> Times is hard. Times is hard. But you know what? I can still eat my leather boot. Adios. <laughs> Five, four, four three, three two, one.